Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo today for two hours, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern to wrap up the week here on a Friday afternoon, getting you set for the day and the weekend in fantasy baseball. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on Instagram at Aaron88. And check out the show on demand if you can't listen live. Obviously, we are live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, but you can always listen on demand anytime you want. You can find all my work at scoutfantasysports.com. Have a look at the week three stock watch, looking at three players up, three players down. And sometimes the players who are down, you can buy at a discount or at least try. It depends on your league. Obviously, we're two weeks into the season, but there are leagues out there where Sometimes you could take advantage of people who panic, and we see it all the time, even though we are dealing with small samples. But from those small samples, we can sometimes discern if something is off. So you can check that out. I got the closer report and depth chart and bullpen updates from Sean Childs. He also has his top five quarterbacks for the NFL draft. Uh, I take a look at five running backs. We have articles on the top five receivers, top tight ends for the draft as well. So Lots of NFL draft coverage in addition to Dynasty coverage as well. I'll have uh, my two-start pitcher article uh, probably up tomorrow. Uh, so you can check that out before you hit the waiver wire, especially if you're in a weak league and you like to stream. You could take a look at my write-ups and notes on who I recommend to start and to sit. So that should be on the site sometime tomorrow. Uh, Sean Childs will have a look at his waiver wire as well. Uh, more so for, for the deeper formats. But if you are in a shallow league, uh, we you can get your question answered on the message boards or the forums. Just go there and uh, just ask whatever your specific question is, whether it's strategy, trades, waiver wire pickups. Uh, they even got someone who was saying that they're in a draft this weekend. So people still drafting. Probably this would be the last weekend, I would think. Uh, and, of course, ScoutDFS.com. A lot of winning screenshots for baseball. Guys killing it over there. For DFS baseball, so head on over there, check out the write-ups, and become a member today. And we got the full-time fantasy logo as well. So if you're part of the team, make sure you put that logo on your DFS emblem, so you can check it out on the site. And uh, we got you covered. NBA playoffs begin tomorrow, four-game slate. So we got the optimizer there. Uh, you can check that out at HL playoffs as well, in addition to PGA, MMA. So we got you covered in VegasWhispers.com. They've been giving out a free pick every day for baseball. I think it's eight or nine in a row that they've won as they got Seattle again yesterday. Seattle won in uh, in uh, extra innings, I think in the 10th, 7-6. So that one cashed once again. And then, of course, multiple picks for our members. So check it out, VegasWhispers.com, and you can go on Twitter at Vegas Whisper, Whispers to see all the results all transparent there. So it is sitting there. A couple guests today. We'll have Joe Pisapia, Fantasy Black Book. He'll join me at 2.40 p.m. Eastern to talk some baseball. 
then I'll have Frank Stample at the top of the 3 p.m. hour. We'll have him around for two segments because we're going to preview the NBA playoffs with him. Should be a fun postseason. And we'll also talk baseball with him. Uh, we are actually in three leagues together for fantasy baseball. So uh, we'll talk some baseball with him as well. But let's take a look at some of the top stories right now. And uh, news just broke maybe about an hour ago, less than an hour ago. And that is another player for the Yankees is hitting the injured list. This time it is Gary Sanchez. The catcher is dealing with a calf injury. He didn't play the other night. He did pinch hit. He struck out against Ryan Presley. But the Yankees have determined that uh, maybe this is a little bit more serious. We have not received an exact timetable of how long he'll miss. And obviously, this is a huge blow for fantasy teams because people who have Gary Sanchez invested a lot in him. You either took him anywhere from rounds four to six. You spent a lot in an auction. And, you know, I just don't invest in catchers. To me, it's just not worth it. And, you know, Gary Sanchez obviously is going to separate himself from most catchers. I mean, it's a dreadful position this year. I mean, how many catchers do you really feel good about? Uh, you know, it's JT Romito, Gary Sanchez. And then after that, a lot of question marks. Now, I do like Yasmani Grandal. I might only have him in one league. I actually have Wilson Contreras in a couple leagues. He's been very good so far. Uh, Wilson Ramos has been excellent for the Mets. Uh, his batting average has been way up there. But there's just not a lot of good catchers. So it was... You know, you had to pay for the Ramudos and the Sanchez. And, you know, I, I think something in fantasy that you learn over the years is you can have, you know, this ideology and say, I won't do this, I won't do this. But you have got to be flexible in drafts. You can say all you want, I'm not going to take a pitcher in the first round. I'm not going to take a pitcher in the first round. I'm not going to take a pitcher early. What if you're picking 14 and Jacob DeGrom fell to you? You're going to pass on him? I mean, it, in years past, I would never or hardly ever take a pitcher in the first round. But I changed, you know, Jacob DeGrom, and I know he's coming off a bad outing, but he's a guy that I took in the first round of two drafts. I think one at 12 and another at 11. So you have to be flexible. And as far as Gary Sanchez, there was, an, there was a draft that I actually thought about taking him. I think it was the great fantasy baseball invitational. And that was a very challenging league because it was the League of Champions. Everyone who won their league last year, in the great fantasy baseball invitational were in the same league this year. So I was fortunate enough to win my league last year. So I was in a league of champions and the guy who finished number one overall was Clay Link of Rotowire and he was picking right next to me. So, I mean, it, it was a great alignment of competitors across the board. And, you know, Sanchez was there in like round five or six, 15 team league. And I picked 12 overall. So late fifth round, early sixth, and, I debated it. I just couldn't pull the trigger. I just could not do it. And I think someone took him after my fifth round pick. So then he went. So I didn't even have to consider it on the, in the sixth round. But, you know, there's value for everyone at a certain point. Uh, but, but say I just don't like investing in catchers for a couple of reasons. Number one, the likelihood of them playing 150, 155 games is extremely slim. Even Gary Sanchez, who has the ability to DH in the American League, it's just not going to happen so you're basically hoping for at best what 500 at bats and gary sanchez in 2017 when he had his big year at 471 at bats in 122 games so you're already not getting a, a full complement of at bats and you could say well look at all the injuries in baseball even guys you're drafting in that round are going to go in the dl and that is true but you pretty much know off the bat these guys are going to miss 20 25 games they're resting 
the day after the catching. And, you know, the Yankees obviously, you know, have a lot of bats and, you know, can de- use, utilize the DH for other guys as well. Then you have the catcher position where you get banged up. You take a lot of foul tips. Uh, you're crouching. Uh, the summer heat, we've seen catchers wear down. And even when catchers are in there, they're not 100%. I mean, just a foul tip off the knee, a foul tip off the hand, Just they're just banged up, and they're not completely healthy. So there's just so many factors, and uh, the price that you have to pay to acquire a real Mutor Sanchez is just immense. And you could say, well, it gives me a big advantage over my opponent. Okay, maybe you do have the better catch than me because I waited, but I'll figure it out elsewhere and have the leg up on you there. So it's a position, again, that I'm just not going to invest in. And Sanchez was off to a pretty good start, at least, you know, six homers, 11 RBIs, batting 268. Last year, he only hit 186 and he was banged up. But that's another thing now. You know, this is a couple times now with injuries for Sanchez. You know, he played 89 games last year. And, you know, it's a tough position. So uh, it is a, a big loss, especially if you're in a 15-team league with two catchers because most likely you got Sanchez and you said, okay, I am good. I don't really need to worry about my second catcher. I don't need to invest a lot of draft capital in it, and I'm going to wait to the end. And I did that with a catcher if I took a catcher in round 10 or 11, like a Wilson Contreras. I said, I'm going to wait to the end. I'm not going to – I got one solid catcher that I'm hoping can rebound and be – top five, top 10 at worst, I'm not going to, I'm just going to wait. And in the, the league, the great fantasy baseball invitational, I think I took Contreras and then I waited. I actually took Chance Cisco, who I was happy about. And then of course the Orioles sent him down to the minor leagues and I had to go to the waiver wire and actually picked up Josh Fegley, who's actually been pretty good so far. Uh, but don't expect, you know, those numbers to continue over the long haul of the season. But Definitely a big loss for, for fantasy owners. You have to hope that this is not serious and it's the minimal stay on the DL. But, uh, you know, that's the position of catcher where guys get banged up and they're going to miss time. And it's uh, one of the reasons why I just can't invest in the position. Uh, Shohei Otani is hitting off a pitching machine today. So the next step is live BP. I know there's been conflicting reports of when he's going to return. Uh, but right now they don't have a specific date. The plan is sometime in May for Otani and you know I stayed away from him in drafts just because I wasn't sure what the Orioles plan was but if he's going to be the regular TH man he will return a lot of value if he continues to hit like he did last year and steal some bases so he could be someone that really helps people out uh for sure CC Sabathia is expected to make his debut uh tomorrow against the White Sox so remember he started the year on the Injured list with knee surgeries, heart issue, and, of course, the suspension. But it looks like he'll be back and good to go tomorrow. Uh, Gregory Polanco, man, uh, you know, we started to talk about this in late March. You know, he was on a quick ascension to a return. Uh, Remember, he's coming off the shoulder injury, and he is going to be beginning his rehab uh, assignment while moving it to AAA. Uh, He did four games at High A Bradenton and went two for 13. He's going to go to AAA Indianapolis on Saturday. So he's probably not that far off. Now, you do worry about a guy hitting for power coming off a shoulder injury. You know, we saw it last year with Michael Conforto. He just wasn't great in the first half, but really picked it up in the second half. So, you know, if he's out there, I think you could add him. I didn't draft him anywhere, even at least we're at an IL spot. And, you know, I thought about it, but, you know, I've always said this before the year, you know, how many injured players 
can you take a shot on? Because you know injuries are going to hit you. And we are seeing that now. Again, if you are not affected by injuries on your fantasy team, you have got to be fortunate right now because it's just a mess. And, you know, if you took on some of that risk with two players that were injured and then all of a sudden you got three that got hurt and you don't have any IL spots, it's very difficult to hold on to these guys. So uh, that's why I, I I shied away from him. Like Tout Wars, we have unlimited IL spots. The one guy that I took late was Miguel Sano. Uh, and that's obviously hurt me right now because my other third baseman was Jake Lamb, and now he's on the injured list, and I have to go out and pick J.D. Davis. So not ideal. Again, 15-team leagues, pickings are slim, but that's the point of, you know, you don't want to take on too much injury risk early on because there will be injuries. It's inevitable. You're just not going to avoid it, and you're seeing it day by day. Uh, a ton of important players going on the injured list. Speaking of that, Mike Trout is not in the lineup today. Remember, he hurt the groin injury on Tuesday. He sat out Wednesday. They were off Thursday. And he's in Anaheim being evaluated. So they hope that he might be able to join the team tomorrow. But there's also a chance that they have him sit out the entire weekend. And then he goes with the team Monday in Texas. But you got to be crossing your fingers right now as a Mike Trout owner. And I have Trout in one league. Uh, I didn't have the number one pick anywhere this year. The league I have Trout is my home league where I've had him for a keeper for several years. And I just hope that he's fine because how many times do we hear, yeah, he's not expected to go on the IL, he's fine, and then a day or two later, yeah, he's going. And that was kind of the case with Mike Clevenger where, yeah, it doesn't seem too bad. Um, Okay, yeah, he's going to miss some time. And then, oh, yeah, he's not going to pick up a baseball for six to eight weeks. So. You know, I I saw that incident the other night. Trout slid into second base, kind of grabbed his side. He stayed in the dugout for a little bit. He was smiling. It didn't look like it was serious, but you don't know what happens a couple days later. And obviously, they need to be very careful with Trout. They desperately need his bat in that lineup because it is pathetic without him there. So hopefully, he doesn't miss much time. Vladimir Guerrero, he had a rehab game. A trip, well, not a rehab game. He's back with AAA. Uh, two for four with a home run, a walk, and a stolen base yesterday. He also doubled. So that was the first game he played in AAA. His first few games of the season, he was in Dunedin. So looks like he's fully recovered from that oblique injury. Stealing a base, too, that's pretty big. He's not going to run much. Keep that in mind. If you've seen him, he's definitely put on some weight. Pretty big for a 20-year-old. But the offense, obviously, should be there. So uh, we'll see when he comes up and... You know, it's going to be interesting. Does Toronto wait it out till June? I don't think so. I mean, we've seen so many guys being called up early and given contract extensions. I wonder if they're in talks with him to give him a contract extension and get him up there. But I would think that he's got to be there uh, sometime soon. So uh, if you're being patient with him, uh, I would think another week or two you would see him up. Uh, and that's what the hope is. I don't have him anywhere this year, but... You know, I kind of I wanted to get him, I think, in one league. I was hoping, but it just did not work out. Uh, let's look at some of the action from yesterday. How about the start of Pete Alonzo for the Mets? And, you know, I, I'm a big Mets fan, and I, I kill them a lot sometimes. I'm kind of more of on the pessimistic side, but I have been optimistic about the team this year. I really like the makeup of the team. I like the moves they made considering 
the lack of investments that we're going to spend. But for them to keep Alonzo on this roster and immediately hit him at the two spot in day one has been huge. I mean, you laugh. It could be a difference maker down the stretch. Could you imagine they didn't have Alonzo in the lineup now and he was in the minor leagues putting up the numbers he's doing now in the minor leagues? I mean, he's helped the Mets win some games, and he had a moonshot of a home run last night to center field in Atlanta. He's batting 378 with six homers, 17 RBIs, 10 runs scored. He's got a 451 OBP, a 911 slugging, and yeah, he's striking out 31.4% of the time, but he's also walking 11.8% of the time, and yes, he's going to cool off. He's not going to keep up this pace, but he's already been a huge factor for this team, and teams should take a lesson in this if you're going to contend. Padres, too, they deserve credit. Having Fernando Tatis up to start the year, putting your best players on the field. This is what we need to see in baseball. More teams need to take a note. Eloy Jimenez, obviously the White Sox did it, giving him the contract extension. We need to see these young players up, especially for teams like the Mets and Padres that are hoping to contend. When we return, we'll take a look at some of the top performances in baseball yesterday and what it means for your fantasy team. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Nate's Tailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 961 361 961 Back here, it is Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here solo today, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern, getting you set for the weekend in fantasy baseball. And one game going on right now, we'll keep you posted on it. The Cubs at home hosting the Angels. So that game just underway as Cole Hamels is on the mound for the Cubs today. And I have Hamels in quite a few leagues. I thought he was going to be a nice value this year. He pitched very well with the Cubs last year in the second half of the season once he was traded. And he's already got 
uh, two quick outs on four pitches. So we'll keep you posted on that. We'll get you lineups for the games tonight coming up later on in the show. And, of course, we'll also preview the NBA playoffs coming up in the next hour with Frank Stanfield of FNTSY. Looking at some of the things that stood out yesterday, you know, Jose Martinez, this guy can hit, man. And we all knew that it was going to be tough to draft him this year because where was he going to play? Uh, we know that the Cardinals have Dexter Fowler, who they're paying a lot of money to. And uh, if you want to make the case that he shouldn't be in the lineup, I'm not going to argue with you. He probably shouldn't. You got Tyler O'Neill and Jose Martinez out there. Uh, the issue with Martinez, obviously, is defense. He's terrible. And last year, he played first base. They added Paul Goldschmidt, so that left no spot for him to play there. Can you use him in right field? Sure. But it hasn't really happened much. Now, he did play yesterday. He went four for five with three runs in RBI. So no home runs yet, just sitting 259, but it's 27 at-bats. And you got to think at some point maybe there's a chance he could play more. And I had to make a tough decision in the league last week where I just have a lot of injured players and there's no injured IL spots. So I had to cut him. I didn't want to because I know how this works. You cut a guy like that and then playing time increases and injury happens. And then you're like, man, now I got to go back out. The guy that I had on my roster – and spend a ton of money if I want them. And then you feel like you don't want to spend as much. Someone else spends more and you lose them. So I do think he's a name to keep on the radar. Uh, deeper leagues, I got to think he's probably owned in most of them. But, uh, you know, I could see the playing time increasing. And we know this guy can hit. So he's a guy definitely to, to keep an eye on for sure. Steven Matz had a very good performance yesterday. And, you know, Steven Matz is someone I like a lot going into the year. Because I like the price. Uh, and Steven Matz is a kid that I covered in high school, used to cover uh, high school and some pro sports for Newsday, and Matz is from Long Island. So I got to see this kid in high school, and he had a growth spurt, I think between his sophomore and junior years, because he didn't pitch till late. Uh, he just grew, and he's a lefty. So, of course, anytime you see a lefty throwing like that, you want him on the mound. So he was tremendous in high school, obviously went to Coastal Carolina, and you know injuries have been a big problem for him throughout his career. But last year, Matt's stayed healthy for the most part. Well, I mean, he didn't give you innings you want, 154, but he made 30 starts. Now, he only won five games, not getting the run support, but he had a 3.970 ERA. He struck out almost a batter per inning, and just a couple of tweaks I think he needed to make. And, you know, I mentioned yesterday when we were talking about him, you know, the key for him is that first inning. He tends to struggle in the first inning, and yesterday he did give up a run, although probably shouldn't have happened. There was a ball hit to left field that Brandon Nimmo – didn't seem to get a good read on. I thought he could have caught it. It went just past his glove for a double by Freddie Freeman. And then Ronald Acuna hit a, a blast to deep center. But Juan Lagares got turned around the wrong way and got his glove on it. But it popped out of his glove for a run. So I really don't think he should have probably given up a run in that inning. But he settled down. He went six innings, two earned runs, eight strikeouts. He only allowed five base runners. His zero is at one point six five he's got a 29.2 percent strikeout rate the walk rate is down it was at 8.9 percent last year 7.7 percent now and his whip is 1.04 so you know considering uh the teams he's faced so far been a pretty good start now the hard contact has gone up but this was a guy that you got pretty late in drafts you know oftentimes around 15 or later and you know he had the one start against miami where he only struck out three and then against the Nationals and Braves, better offenses, he struck out eight in each of those starts. So I think Matt's 
will be a, a pretty nice value this year. Obviously, it's tough pitching in the NL East outside of the Marlins, but definitely like Matt's going into the year, and uh, I think he'll be pretty solid this year. I have him on a couple teams and hoping that he can uh, continue to pitch like this. Uh, Jeff Samarja with a good start last night, and I was uh, very high on Samarja last year, and it, it hurt me in a lot of leagues because anyone who knows me, if I tout the players, they're going to be on my team. So, you know, Samarja I looked at last year, and I think uh, the stat was something like there were like 18 pitchers last year coming off a year where they had 200 innings, 200 strikeouts, and all of them were being drafted in the top five rounds except one, and that guy was Samarja. So that's why I liked him. He was pretty durable. Going into last year, he had five consecutive years of at least 200 innings, and he had at least 200 strikeouts in three of those five. And in today's environment with pitchers not going deep into games, that was valuable. Of course, uh, Samarja got hurt last year and only threw 44 and two-thirds innings. When he was on the mound, he sucked. So I didn't really think about Samarja for a while, but he was so cheap in drafts. I mean, he was going in the reserve round. So why not take a shot at that point? If it doesn't work out, it's an easy cut early in the year. So Samarja obviously had a very favorable matchup yesterday going against the Rockies, who are just not hitting on the road at all. Uh, they've been dreadful so far this is a three and ten team and Samarja had a good start last night and I will say he was on my bench in a few weekly leagues uh just because I felt like I had better options and seven scoreless innings for him seven strikeouts and he's got a 1.62 ERA so the strikeout rate is still not high it's at 19.7 percent and the walk rate's still high at 9.1 percent and it's only a few starts but you know, I do think this is a guy that could potentially provide some value. He, he's he's still giving up a lot of hard contact, so it is a little bit of a concern there. And, uh, you know, the Rockies are not hitting right now. He's gone at San Diego. And, you know, they're not uh, the lineup that they were tough. He was home against Tampa Bay and did not get past the fifth inning in that one. Didn't get hammered, and Tampa Bay's a tough lineup. And, again, got a favorable matchup against the Rockies, so... I think he's kind of a matchup play at this point. Obviously, you don't want to put him in a tough ballpark, maybe against the Dodgers. You don't want to put him in there. But I do think in deeper formats, like a 15-team league, he certainly has some value. Uh, the Cubs have jumped out to a 2-0 lead. Anthony Rizzo with a two-run homer, uh, 472 feet. So Rizzo gets the Cubs on the board as uh, Tyler Skaggs is pitching today for the Angels, and the Cubs jump out to a 2-0 lead early here, so we'll keep you posted on that game. Uh, Jose Quintana, what a great start yesterday. I know we were talking about him when we were going over the pitchers on the slate, and you know Quintana's always a guy that I've had on my teams. Don't have him this year. Just wasn't sure what to expect from him. He was very inconsistent last year, and you know his first time out, uh, he wasn't good either, but he was just dominant yesterday. Now, part of it was against the Pirates. He went seven scoreless innings, struck out 11, and, uh, you know, he he should be better. I mean, his ERA last year was 4.03. You know, you expected to be better in the National League moving over for the full season, but the strikeout rate was pretty low. He is getting a ton of strikeouts right now, and, you know, 4.24 Babbitt has certainly played a part. He's getting a lot more grounders so far, too, 52.9%, but still a lot of hard contact, and, I do expect him to be better. I also think, you know, there'll be some inconsistency there. So, going to have to kind of look at the matchups there. 
Uh, Nate Iovaldi was terrible once again, man. And uh, I have him in one league. It was in Tout Wars. So it was one of the earlier drafts. After that, I kind of not backed off. I mean, there was a range of pitchers that were pretty close. So uh, for some reason, got Iovaldi in Tout. You know, I thought he'd be solid. I mean, he was pretty good last year. He had a 3.81 ERA. You know, it's a, a good team in Boston, even though they're off to a rough start. So I had him in there, I think, for definitely one of the starts where he got bombed. I think maybe I had him in there for the first start, and I've benched him the last two weeks. So I did not have him in there. Certainly, we're, all the Red Sox starters are struggling, and we know that they did not really push them extensively in the spring, and it's taking a toll right now. Uh, Eovaldi's just given up a, a ton of home runs. It's now six home runs in 15 innings. He's walked 10, struck out 10. It's just uh, not a lot of good signs here right now, and uh, I would keep him on the bench. I mean, until we see a good start, I'm not putting him in there. So I, I have him in a 15-team league. That's where I'm going to hold him. Uh, I think it's some 12-team leagues, depending on what's out there. It's a possibility that you might say, you know what, uh, I'm not going to wait around for him. So, And it's not like he has a model of health either, but you know, he was very impressive last year, so we know that there's definitely certain something there. The Red Sox did come back and win yesterday as uh, they – uh, Ken Giles blew a save and I was watching this and you know everyone likes to pick on Giles and uh, badmouth him but I, I liked Giles a lot going into this year and I had him as a top 10 closer have him in a league or two and I think he's going to be fine this is actually the first blown save he's had in quite a long time you know last year he didn't blow a save now was he good for the Astros no uh, and he needed to get out of that situation and that's why I like him in Toronto. There's no pressure. Now, he is a candidate potentially, I guess, to be traded if they fall out of it and someone needs some bullpen help, and I guess there's always the chance that he doesn't close. But in this game, Giles just didn't have a slider at all. You know, he just tried throwing it, and it did not work. So the line looks terrible because he gave up three walks, two hits, and two are runs. But I think uh, two of the walks were intentional. Obviously, late in the game, you kind of load the bases. Um uh, but, yeah, I think there was one intentional walk. And then the one of Bogarts, they were kind of pitching around him, and then they just put him on for the final one. Uh, great at-bat by Mitch Moreland in this one. He could not catch up to the high heat a couple times. He was fouling pitches off. Then uh, crushed the ball to center. It allowed Betts to score. And then uh, Devers had a soft uh, single to right field to win the game. So I'm not worried about Giles. I mean, you do – Worry him against him uh, for him in the big spots against the Yankees and the Red Sox, but he just did not have a slider yesterday. 26 pitches, 12 for strikes. So I think he'll be fine. Uh, Aaron Sanchez, pretty good start considering it was Boston. You know, ideally, I didn't want to start him, but the great fantasy baseball invitational where I had Mike Clevenger go on the injured list uh, when the news broke because some of the lineups locked already with the afternoon baseball and that news came later on Monday. My only alternative was to leave Clevenger in and put Sanchez in, or it was Gossman at Coors. And unfortunately the Coors game got postponed. It gave him a home start against the Mets yesterday where he was kind of shaky. He wasn't terrible. You know, his stuff looked great in the first day. You know, he struggled a little bit. Final line wasn't good, but probably would have went with him at home against the Mets as opposed to Sanchez in Boston, but uh, that locked as well. And obviously, I didn't know about the weather situation. So I went with Sanchez there at five innings, five hits, four runs, only one earned, though. So uh, Randall Grichek dropped a fly ball. So that opened the door. And, you know, you could always say, well, at least the runs weren't earned. But what happens in that situation, and we saw it earlier in the week with Jamison Tyon, 
is the whip builds up, and you hate to see that. So that's what happened with Sanchez. Five hits, four walks, five Ks. So I believe he has a two-star week next week as well. I was uh, going over my preliminary look at two-star pitchers, and I think Aaron Sanchez and Matt Shoemaker will have two starts next week, both on the road. I think one was Oakland. I forgot the other, but I'll have all that information out for you on the site uh, probably by tomorrow. Shane Bieber with another great start. Man, you know, this guy got a lot of hype uh, as we got into draft season, and it just made it difficult to to acquire him in drafts, and I only actually have him in one, and I remember it was one of the last drafts where I said, I, I need to get Shane Bieber in at least one league because that was definitely someone who was uh, building a, a lot of buzz. Uh, as the Cubs have extended the lead once again, it is now 3 nothing. Wilson Contreras, his fourth home run of the season. So he was uh, someone I, I think I had Contreras ranked three or four at catch, and I actually have him in quite a few leagues. Uh, I know his hard contact was bad last year, and defensively there's some concerns with him. But uh, we've seen you know catchers kind of struggle after that first big year, and uh, Contreras – Looking real good right now, so pretty happy to have him. Got him in a few leagues, and uh, he's looked good so far. So the Cubs are already up 3 nothing in the bottom of the second inning, looking to take advantage of an Angels team that is pretty depleted right now, especially with no Mike Trout. It's just a completely different lineup without no Mike, Tr- Mike Trout in there. So keep you posted on that live action. But Shane Bieber I was talking about, and you know he got skipped the first time around. Uh, the team had some off days, and we've seen that a lot with fifth starters. There are a couple teams... I don't even think I've used the fifth starter. I don't think the Twins have. The Twins have had a really crazy schedule where they've had a lot of days off. We just saw Jeremy Hellickson make his first start. So, you know, Bieber was pushed back. But Bieber obviously is entrenched in the rotation now, especially with Mike Clevenger being down. I mean, he didn't have to worry about his job anyway. But now with the days being skipped, you don't have to worry about him. It'll be uh, whoever they decide to uh, use in that fifth starter role, which could be rotating. But Bieber, another great start yesterday. I mean, he's just looked really good, getting a lot of swings and missed on that slider. Seven scoreless innings, six strikeouts, and a 1.80 ERA. He's made two starts, appeared in three games. And, you know, obviously it was a very uh, favorable matchup yesterday. And uh, But you like to see 17 strikeouts and three walks in 15 innings. And that's what stood out for Bieber last year. Uh, the thing was, though, he did get hit hard. And even now, uh, you know, the... 45.7% hard hit rate so far, but it hasn't affected him. But you like pitchers in the AL Central because now, fortunately, he doesn't get to face, unfortunately, he doesn't get to face his own offense. We know how bad the Indians are, but he gets the Tigers. He gets the White Sox. He gets the Royals. I mean, the only offense in that division that is really well-rounded is the Twins. So that's why I liked a lot of pitchers in the AL Central. That's why I went after, I mean, obviously every Indians pitcher, I thought they had the best rotation, and you had to pay a high price tax for them uh, uh, with four of their, their top four starters all going in the first four rounds. Bieber started to go round nine, round ten, so you had to pay up for them. But Barrios was a guy I didn't mind getting as my number two or even one if I waited on pitching uh, because of that division. So, uh Look for Bieber to have a really good year. Someone that I didn't get is Alberto Mondesi, and I almost took him in my last draft uh, just to say, hey, I need to get a piece of him in case he, he goes off. We know he doesn't have the great plate discipline. He doesn't walk at all, but you know he's good. I mean, he had a second homer. He's batting 306. He's running. I mean, he's looked 
really good. And I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of it too, when we look at these profiles, like, oh, he doesn't walk, he doesn't get on base, but you can still have success. I mean, Javier Baez is one of those examples. His strikeout to walk ratio isn't great, but he hits the ball hard and he's a good player. And you can watch and see it. And, you know, I've watched Mondesi a few times this year and I've been pretty impressed. Now, he's going to have probably streaks where he struggles because, you know, you'll have these streaks where you swing and miss a lot. And if you're not walking, you know, especially a guy that has speed, you know, it prevents you from doing much. But he's got two homers, nine RBIs, three stolen bases so far, uh, only four attempts in 12 games. And I think we expect him to run quite a bit. That's really where people were hoping for. I think some people knew the average wouldn't be great, but 972 OPS so far. And he is driving the ball 40.5% fly ball rate. So definitely an exciting player. And I'd hoped at least to get one share, and it didn't work out. His teammate, Jorge Soler, also playing very well. And that's someone I have in quite a few leagues. I thought he was well worth the price. People forget last year when he was healthy, he was excellent. He was putting up good numbers, and then he got hurt in May. And then, of course, you look at the whole numbers for the year, and you forget how solid he was. So he's been a nice value. He had another home run yesterday, hitting cleanup in that Royals lineup. When we return, I'll be joined by Joe Pisapia, the Fantasy Black Book, talking more baseball with him. That is ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally... I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Game time decisions. Like, like you know, he's been hit before, Cam, but yeah, you missed it. Like, you can't, like, the show opened up, and, like, we're talking, like, moonshot. First pitch of the game. Bam. And I came into the game motivated today, like, oh, we going to have his good. First pitch of the game, gone. He gone. I know Gabe is typing you in bold letters and old cap. Get your head back in the game, buddy. He gone when I start typing all bold. I'm pissed. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here at his Scout Fantasy Sports, Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon. Check out all my work, scoutfantasysports.com. And with Major League Baseball season in full swing, it's time to swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball with DailyRoto.com. 
Become the eighth Daily Roto, FanDuel, or DraftKings $1 million tournament winner or become one of the countless number of people who have won a gaudy pile of Benjamins using Daily Roto's lineup optimizers. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Joining me now to talk some baseball, it is Joe Pisapia, Fantasy Black Book, and he also does work at Fantrax.com. Joe, what's up? What's up, my brother? How you doing? I hear you're a little sore from uh, swinging for the fences, huh? Yeah, nah, I don't swing for the fences. Here's the thing. You have to kind of know your role. Joe, you know me. You see me. And, uh, and anyone who knows me knows I'm, I'm not the biggest guy. So I am you're a contact hitter. That's a single hitter, man. I know my role. I'm an outfielder for now. I still have the ability to move and a little quickness, although I feel it getting less by the day as I age. <laughs> so, yes, I played softball for the first time last Sunday, doubleheader. First time since July, and I'm still feeling it today. I think it's from that, or I'm getting sick. One of the two. And I'm no doubleheaders for uh, once you're over 35. No doubleheaders. No, that's, are you that's, ser- that's, there's there's guys on my team who are like 47, 51 playing doubleheaders. No, 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 no good can come with that, Ronis. None at all. <laughs> well, I, look, I've been fortunate, and I should knock on some wood. I don't have any around here where I have not really had significant injuries over the years. I make sure to stretch. A lot before games, and uh, look, it's still fun. You still playing some ball? I'm not. I'm still trying to hit the gym as much as I can. I wish I could. You know, the funny part was some buddies might ask me to go play in a hardball league last couple of years, but I was always working on the Saturdays. But now I'm not anymore. So I don't know, man. Maybe next year. You know, it was unexpected at the time. So maybe next year I might have to get back into it. I I'm ready, baby. I took BP at Staten Island last year at the Yankees ballpark. I can still hit, so I'm ready to go. You know, I, I missed that part. I got there late, so I didn't get to go in the cage. I heard Angle was hitting bombs. Is that true? Uh, I, I will not <laughs> confirm that. <laughs> now you were, I think you were doing well, I heard, right? You, you were, I was. I'm like a young Albert Pujols. Like, wow. <laughs> be, be, better than an old Albert Pujols. Cause then, that's right. That's why I, was, why I was very careful how I chose my words. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just more injuries by the day, and I feel like we, we say this every year, and it, I don't know, I haven't even looked at the numbers to see if it's true, but it really feels like this year is brutal. I mean, Trey Turner, Mike Trout now, who knows what's going to happen with him, Clevenger, Gary Sanchez today, but the Yankees as a whole, are you finding that too, that it does feel like we're... Oh, it's horrendous. It's horrendous. I, I went on a rant on my Blackwood podcast this week, where I just, I, after the Severino and Clevenger one, I just... It's it's crazy to me, and and it's and it's it's taking the joy out of the game. It really is. It's getting to a point now where these guys train all year long. They have better all this data about training and physical shape and all this stuff. And I'm kind of I don't know. I'm wistful for the time where everybody had pot bellies and was doing cocaine and smoking cigarettes and uh, didn't do anything in the off season and showed up and got in shape in spring training and then played baseball. I don't know what's going on if if people's bodies just aren't meant to be. I don't know if the baseball player is meant to be trained like the Olympic athlete. And I feel like that's how we're treating everybody now, as if they're Olympic athletes. And that's great, but maybe just maybe baseball is a different game. And I don't know, I don't understand why we're at a point where, if you look back 20 years ago, guys played more games, guys 
pitched more innings by a substantial margin. And if everything is so much better and everyone's in much better physical condition, so much better physical training going on, then why are guys on the field less as a whole? It doesn't make sense to me. Someone needs to get in there and understand what's going on because it's really kind of killing my joy. And I hate when my joy gets killed, Adam. Yeah, I think everyone does, and especially if you're in a league with no IL spots, and you know that's how it is. Oh, forget it. Oh, you're screwed in that. I mean, I'm in the NFBC auction league. I got Severino, Clevenger, and Matt Olson. I mean, that's three of my seven bench spots taken up by those guys. And at a point, you have to go. You know, do, can I hold on to both those pitchers? It's it's a very difficult thing, and and you know what? I think we're getting to a point now where especially in the last two years with the 10-day IL now being such a prevalent part in Major League Baseball that you have to consider injured spots. I don't think you can play in leagues anymore without them. It is, it's brutal. It's, 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 it's eaten into the, the style of the game, too. And the game has changed a lot. And I want to sound like an old fart here because I'm not that old, but you already talked about a guy smoking cigarettes in the dugout. I remember that very much as a kid. But also when you think about 10 years ago, there were twice as many pitchers throwing 200 innings as there are now. Right now, Major League Baseball last year, there, there, were, more, there were more strikeouts than hits. That is an absurd statistic. And, and we're getting to a point now where the game is really evolving and changing. And, and I'm not anti-specialization, uh, but at a certain point, you want to think, okay, what's in the best interest of the game? And, and maybe this, the way people are training and the way they're going about things – or the way they're not training more specifically for, you know, you go back and look at those Atlanta Braves guys and the run that they had and how they stay healthy for such a long period of time and so many 200-inning seasons and yada, yada, yada. And yet, in a copycat league, I don't know why everybody doesn't look at that template and say, well, maybe we should train this way. We should have these guys throwing more often and have them working out less and running less and, and lifting weights less and all these other things that they do and just get on simple throwing programs more often and, and learn to build them like you would build a runner for stamina. I mean, everyone's a five-inning pitcher now. That is true, and I just thought of a simple solution, and you said copycat was the key word. Why doesn't everyone just go to Bartolo Colon and ask him what he does? You know, Bartolo Colon, here's a perfect example. There's another guy, right? The picture of physical fitness, Bartolo Colon, right? There's another guy that all he did was take the mound every fifth day for, I don't know, 20 years. And, and God bless him. I mean, uh, I got to see Bartolo pitch live in person a couple times in my life, and he throws absolute darts, man. <laughs> that guy is, is blessed with a right arm. It's unbelievable. But at the same time, it's learning about pitching and understanding that. You know, everybody wants to look good on the cover of, you know, ESPN, the magazine's body issue. But at a certain point, I don't know where that necessarily equates into being, you know, somebody who could stay on the field in Major League Baseball. I, I just think it's a very different game. And ironically, things like HGH, what they've taken out of the game, those things could help players stay on the field more or get back on the field more. And they're things that are given out and, and prescribed for many people who have injuries in regular everyday life nowadays. And I, I wonder if that's something that should maybe be revisited. I know it's sacrilegious to say, but I think it should be thought about. I think it should, too. I mean, I know records were a big part of why people were against it, but it's better than having these guys sit out. I mean, we could just go through it. I mean, here's some news from the Angels. Mike Trout, he was seen by Dr. Steve Yoon this morning in L.A. Imaging reveals a reduced amount of swelling to the groin. He's making daily improvement. He'll continue to receive treatment in Anaheim, and he'll be reevaluated on Sunday, and they'll provide an update at that time. So here we go. The, the best player on a crappy team, the only reason why you're watching the Angels now, and who knows? You know, the initial diagnosis is, oh, okay, maybe he'll be back Monday, but how many times have we seen this, and then he winds up on the injured list? 
And it lingers on, exactly. And you know why, too? Because you have such enormous contracts and guaranteed money, nobody wants to screw with their investments. And that's the other thing, too, that's really entering into it. And the more you see these guys locked up on these big-time extensions, the more you're going to see everyone always shading towards the side of being careful. And that is understandable. It's a good business practice. But at the same time, and I'm not complaining about this as a fantasy owner. I could complain about it as a fantasy owner all day. But as a baseball fan, we're missing out on seeing these guys. And it's, I mean, Adam, it's not like we're sitting around in July talking about these injuries where we're halfway through a season. We're not halfway through the first month of the season, barely. It's, it's unbelievable what's going on this year. It really is. In top words, my entire infield is on the injured list, and my backup basement <laughs> is too. And I, at first, I was like, "Man, I, I'm like buried here." But fortunately, the team has stayed afloat, and that's all you can hope is that hey, weather the storm, get a couple of these guys back, and then get back in it. But but we don't want that to happen. That's not how. Like we don't want to win and lose leagues based on injuries. We want to win and lose leagues based on performance. Right? Like, we challenge ourselves playing in these leagues that we play in with these great minds that we play with, right? And I just don't, I, I, it's unfortunate that really some of the people who win these leagues nowadays are just the teams that have the best luck with injuries. And I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to, to use as a measuring stick. And it's kind of unfortunate, but that's kind of the direction we're in right now. Yeah. And I, I think if you've been hit with injury, if you haven't been hit with injuries on your multiple teams right now, you're lucky as hell. I don't see how you can avoid. All of these injuries. It's like impossible. You if have you to... own a Yankee, you're in trouble. <laughs> that is true. Just, yeah. just, just a Yankee. Just any Yankee. Pick your, pick your poison. They're all in trouble. That is true. I got Aaron Hicks. I've got Severino. Uh, Banton. Gary Sanchez on the I.O. I mean, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty bad, and I'm not shedding any tears for that team. Uh, are you? Wait, are you a Yankees or Mets guy? No, I'm a loser Mets fan like you. What? Come on. Wait a second. Hold on. Bro, I'm talking to Joe Piss to be a fantasy black book. I have been a pessimistic Mets fan the last couple years because I'm a realist. But I got yeah, so I got to say, though, I am excited about this team. I, Very, that, I am, too. I okay, am, too. That's where I was going. because and I, and I am equally pessimistic and miserable as you are and realistic. And last year when they were 11-1 and one or whatever the hell it was, I was not buying it at all. <laughs> you know, but, but don't you get? I do. Yeah, I was gonna say this. There's a different feel to this team. I feel like they they've got a, an edge about them a little bit, and, and I, I think what makes the difference, honestly, and I, I was, I think you and I talked about this in the offseason. The Cano trade, I thought, was a huge trade for them. It cured two of the big ills of that team, which was number one, a veteran presence that you could really trust in the middle of the order that pitchers really had to be concerned with, and Cano is that kind of high hitter. And the other thing was a real legitimate closer. Now, if you change those two things, all of a sudden the dynamic changes quite a bit. And looking at Alonzo, I tweeted this the other day. I'm curious, you know, since you're a Met fan too, what your thoughts are. But Alonzo reminds me of Paul Canerco, who was a really strong offensive player for a really good chunk of his career. And if he ends up being that kind of a player, I am really looking forward to watching him in the next 10 years. Yeah, Kirk was a good player. I mean, people forget, you know, he you don't forget really... how good he was. You go back and look, go back and look at Kirk's stats after the show. You'd be like, wow, gosh, he really did have a good career. Today. Yeah, he had some big years, and I had him on fantasy for a while. But me too. The the thing I love that they did with Alonzo, number one, they kept him up, and you know, with the Mets so and their cheapness, you weren't sure about that. You know, people were asking me, "Oh, what do you think?" I'm like, "I don't know." It's the Mets, you know, with Frazier and Lowry, and obviously those injuries kind of help. But not only did they keep him up. 
Game one, they said, you're hitting two against Max Scherzer. They showed a ton right. of confidence in the game. And he wasn't overmatched. He had a decent first half bat. I remember watching it. And, look, everyone's going to strike out against Max Scherzer, but that's everybody. But, but you know, what kind of at-bats do you take him? Does he look overmatched? Does he look out of his depth? And uh, to me, I mean, it's just the opposite. He Now, look, every rookie's going to have peaks and valleys, right? What people ask me is, is Alonzo for real? I'm like, yeah, he's a for real. You go back and look at his minor league stats, a guy, good OBP numbers, good pitch selection. The power is legitimate. You know, I mean, like every rookie, I'm sure he's going to hit some struggles, and I'm sure they're going to start break, giving him more sliders and breaking balls, and you know, eventually in the second half. But look, long term, if you're a Pete Alonso owner in a dynasty or keeper league, I think this is a really good investment. And if he turns out to be Paul Konerko, you're looking at a ton of 3,100 seasons, and I think that is something that you know the Mets do not do a good job historically as an organization bringing up position players. I mean, Wright and Reyes were the last two, but. Really, I mean, Daryl Strawberry was the last classic franchise player as an everyday player that the Mets organization brought up, and that's a long time ago. Yeah, and you could have Alonzo and potentially Rosario, who's looked good. He made improvements in the second half last year. He had a big home run yesterday. That's another guy that... Jimenez is a nice-looking prospect, too. Yeah. I've seen him play a bit. and I think him and Conforto, and, and you're, you're building something now, and you've got a little bit of edge. And when you have a guy like DeGrom, who you feel so good about... I mean, the guy, I know he wasn't at best start the other night, but I mean, you know, 26 quality starts in a row. Eventually, something's got to catch up with it, you know? Yeah, and I was talking to Jim Bode yesterday. He said this is the best Mets clubhouse he's seen in a long time. He loves the feel of the locker room. There's an energy there. And obviously, I think that goes back to bringing in Cano was a big part of it. I think he's a big reason for it. And, you know, the bullpen has been shaky, but they showed the graphic during the game yesterday. Every NL East bullpen has an ERA over five. And I think it's, That's a problem. it's a problem, I think, for most teams in baseball, though, is the bullpens right now. Yeah, well, it is. And, and it's, it's where you're seeing a lot of hitters also who are having really hot Aprils happen, too. I actually did, just did a piece that's out today. Uh, in honor of Game of Thrones, uh, five players that Winter's coming for, uh, who basically they're having really good starts, but you've got to watch out for what's going on with them. And one of them was Yohan Moncada. And I know it's an unpopular choice. but Yes, it is. He, it's very unpopular. It's unpopular, but here, here's the reasoning why. If you look at his batting average and slugging percentage and his slash, right, the first three innings, he's hitting a buck 88. The uh, innings four through six, he's hitting 250. Innings seven through nine, he's hitting over 500 with 1,000 OPS. So what does that tell me? This guy is absolutely tearing up late inning relief pitching. However, you look at the schedule, he's got the Indians, Staff coming up twice against him in May. You've got uh, the Astros. You've got some of the Yankee pitchers. You've got the Red Sox. All of a sudden, you've got much higher quality pitching, starting pitching coming. We're going to go longer into games, and that's something you have to keep in mind that there's a good chance that you're going to see Moncada drop off because he's faced a lot of bad starting pitching and early bullpen stuff, and he's feasted off that. And he has yet to prove that he can hit quality major league pitching over an extended period of time. So. That kind of stuff is stuff to be aware of as you're going through and, and trying to wait. And I know it's tough because he's got such incredible raw talent and ability, and the move to third looks like it's helping him and all that, and he's in better shape and everything. But still, it's something to be aware of. If he gets through this stretch of the next – if he goes through May and he still looks good, then you can say he is officially you know a star. Yeah, the one thing is, though, that division, the pitching's not great. Obviously, the Indians, uh, their staff is good. They take a little bit of a hit with Clevenger out, and the Twins – Barrios, you worry about maybe Pineda if he could show his consistency, but he's going to get a lot of bad pitching in that division too. He's going to get some, yeah. It's definitely going to happen, but I think the Twins pitching is better than people give it credit for. Uh, I do. Well, I picked that to win the division. Um, 
I mean, I guess Odorizzi, he's been either great or terrible. Uh, but isn't that Odorizzi? I mean, you know. I mean, against the Mets. You saw against the Mets. He went four scoreless. I think he had a no-hitter and then just unraveled in the fifth. But that's him, and that's why that first appearance where he had 11 strikeouts, I told everybody, trade him now. Trade him. It's never, you're never going to see a better start out of him all year. People can't this is do never going to happen. People can't do I know. it, though. They're like, oh, no, i got to see what he does next. Start. I know. It's oh, very I hard. I would have moved him. Everybody right. wants to be right about those guys, but you know, more often than not, you get left holding the bag. Nick Pavetta. Oh, zero shares, baby. You know, zero shares. One share, Joe, in the GDD league, and I thought someone was going to go higher. I was like, <laughs> I think I said nine. No one said, and not that I don't like. I just I liked him, but I didn't like the price. Like you were paying for a potential. That's rate. always the worst, right? You're just trying to like squeeze a couple of bucks right. out and get th- stuck with a guy. Yeah. So I was like, eh, okay, fine, why not? And now I'm like. Damn it! And he's in two, <laughs> two, start, two start next week in Coors Field, man. He's one of them. So. Uh, light a candle in church. That's what you do. Joe, always good talking <laughs> to you, man. Time flies when we uh, conversate. We'll have you on again soon, all right? 100%, brother. Good luck this weekend. Go, uh, I want you to go four for four, okay? Thanks, man. Uh, Joe Pizzapia, right. find him Fantasy Black Book, also at Fantrax. Lots more ahead in the next hour. We'll get you lineups for the night game. But when we return, we'll be joined by Frank Stample of FNTSY. We're going to talk NBA playoffs and baseball with him for two segments. It's all ahead. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.